When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. JP Motor. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. Guys, we are cruising right along through 80s month, and we're hitting with another banger, smack dab, in the middle of the 80s. Boom. July 86, just months before the famous New York Mets with the Bill Buckner between the legs play. Sure. So, Rob, let's Mookie Wilson one right down the first baseline <laughs> with another classic 80s jam tell them what we're playing and what we're talking about this is i just died in your arms by cutting crew so i originally had that with the buckner between the legs play so rob let's hit one right between their legs with a classic <laughs> 80s jam right between the legs but i just kind of left it that's great In the silver spoon. <laughs> Love that. Come on. Who does that off hit on the first chorus? <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Man, yes. That is parentheses, I just, (laughs) unparentheses, died in your arms by Cutting Crew from the 1986 album Broadcast, which has honestly one of the, it's a very memorable album cover. Yeah. Because it says cutting in real big letters going on the top from left to right. And then there's a big like saw blade cut in the middle and then crew on the bottom in huge letters. But the album title I've never seen until just now. The album title is on the cover. It says broadcast, but it's in the bottom right. And it looks like when you buy an album used oh, yeah. and somebody's like scribbled on the front. Yeah. That's literally what it looks like. It, it, it's coming from like a satellite. It's like a little thing that goes into a satellite yeah. and it has the word broadcast. But the letters get so tiny. It just looks like a scribble. It probably looks better on vinyl, but I don't yeah. I don't have have it on vinyl um 
Anyway, for, that is the 1986 album Broadcast. It went to number one, uh, I Just Died in Your Arms, went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100, number four on the U.S. Album Rocks Tracks chart. Album Rock Tracks chart. I do that every time. <laughs> number four on the U.S. Album Rock Tracks chart. Number four in the U.K., number one in Canada, Finland, and Norway, number two in Ireland, Sweden, top ten all over the place. A lot of Finland listeners out there, so thank you guys yeah, for the support. Thanks. We Finnish, appreciate it. Finnish folks, our Finnish fans. Um, number 44 in the UK for all of 1986, and it was number 32 on the US Hot 100, the Billboard Hot 100, for all of 1987, and it was the number seven song in Canada for that entire year. It was written by Nick Van Eed of Cutting Crew, who we're going to be talking to oh, in just a so few minutes. Cool. Coming up at the end of the episode, we're going to talk to Nick Van Eed. Real pleasure to talk to him about this and other cutting crew goodness. Um, <clears throat> a little bit about the song. This is from songfacts.com. This is a quote from, from Nick. Uh, he said, yes, I cannot tell a lie. It is a song written about my girlfriend, who is actually the mother of my daughter. We got back together for one night after a year apart, and I guess there were some fireworks, but all the time tinged with a feeling of, should I really be doing this? Uh, hence the lyric, I should have walked away. So um, it may also be an offhand reference to a French phrase, and I obviously I don't speak French, but it's la petite mort. More, it's like a weird. Sounds it's good almost to me. Our, more. I'm sorry. Anybody who's listening in France is absolutely uh, revolting. Our, fr- our French uh, listeners just dropped by fifty percent. Just disgusted by my pronunciation, <laughs> but I can't. I just can't do it. Um, it, but anyway, it translates to the little death. Um, it's the feeling you feel after something amazing or something scary or something. Um, climactic. Okay, you're good. Is that a safe way to say it's that? Good. You're good. Okay, the little death. Um, so yeah, great chord progression in the song and something really interesting. We're, okay. So really we're in the key of D here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, even though the hook lands on a B minor, it's a very, you know, all the, all the, the, uh, forgive the phrase, the, all the major stuff in the mm-hmm. song lands on minor chords. Mm-hmm. Ah, ah, that's a B minor. Okay. Which is B the relative minor, minor of D, which so. is the relative minor of D. Um, I just tonight, and the verse is all in you know that B minor sound. Um, and I don't, I don't think we ever hear a D chord in okay. the song. We never actually hit a D chord. If we were in the key of B minor, this would be one, one. minor, four minor, flat seven, five minor. Okay. Instead, you just say it's a six, yeah. two, five, three minor. Right, it's so much, so much simpler okay. once yeah. you kind of put it in that proper context. So yeah. it's six minor, two minor, five, three minor, all of which are naturally that occurring fits in that key. In the key, I like yeah. that better. So that you don't have okay. to get That's weird cool. with anything. If you're going to Nashville number system, it it's better to put it in D. Yeah, it's yeah. easier. It's less less writing mm. and less whatever. Um, and I guess the five is really the only major chord we hear in the entire song. The five in D, in D, which so, would be an A chord for right. those of you guys that are so. Oh no, because it's no. The, well, that, the, that would be it right here, but it's about to go to a four here. The four, which would be G, right, is at the end of the chorus. But that doesn't happen very often. It only happens this one time, I think, that it lands on the four here. I think, and then it's back. Everything else is. So it's almost all minor chords through the entire song, which kind of keep it, kind of keep the atmosphere moving. Mm-hmm. It never really finds a a super long like safe place to land, yeah, which kind of keep keeps the song interesting. Uh, tension all the way through yeah 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 and it's and it's great because that fits the song yeah. right it's mm-hmm. like 
I I'm I'm enjoying this, but I'm also not sure how I feel about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe this is not such a great idea. Uh, not a lead guitar tone that I would typically choose. I if, love it. I knew you were going to say that. I freaking love it. <laughs> it's JP's guitar tone. It, it, this like, is a JP guitar man, tone. Man, I love it. It works perfectly for this song, uh -huh. and it's easily recognizable. Yeah. It's not necessarily my go-to uh -huh. tone, but this is a preset for JP. No, man, this is, this is uh, yeah, it's A2 yeah. for me. Like, I'm happy. <laughs> um. And the, the the guitar part itself is fantastic. It's got all those beautiful, you know, all those little lead lines, and like they hit in a place that I wouldn't have put them. Yeah, they. I feel like they should have connected it sooner. Yeah, but he waits a little bit <laughs> more uncomfortably than I would have. Yeah, and every time, and I love it. Love every, it. Everything the electric guitar does in this song serves the song really yes, well. Yes, yes. Even the. The solo. Yeah, let's play a little bit of the solo. The solo. There's the there's a F sharp major. Ah, I love it. Let me and then like a down chorus uh, or a yeah man with that breathy awesome synth. The cool thing about that tone is. It's no, it's just the same tone a little bit louder. Yeah. They're like, he just took his tone that he's used and just raised the volume yeah. a little bit That's for the right. solo. It's that I, boost pedal. Oh, I love it. So good. Hey, let's let's talk about the guys. Okay, let's do so, it. Just real quick. Hey, let's meet the man. It's time to meet the man. Hey, mama, let's meet the man. Let's all meet the going to meet the band that played that and we'll come back to a few things because i want to talk about the guitar player since we've been talking about him so much his name's kevin mcmichael um lead guitar on that after cutting crew he played with robert plant um on a song called calling on you nominated for a grammy um one of the best parts of that song is the driving chunky guitars sounds so good so i like that guitar player um album fate of nations was the only one kevin played on before the plant reunited with page and some say it's the best solo album so it's it's some say it's his best solo album and, and kevin played guitar on that um on bass colin farley uh man that name you could go so many ways with a yeah. joke on yeah. the name of colin farley pick whichever one you want <laughs> bass pianos backing vocals he also played uh bass with great song podcast former guest john parr okay and future guest i'm claiming it in faith spandu ballet um, okay. as we'll we'll cover true eventually um yeah so i gotta take it to the world um colin farley on bass on drums martin beetle known as frosty uh, been the drummer for Mamma Mia since 1999 and now with Queen Symphonic Rock Tour, so no stranger to the big stage production. Toured with Boy George, Kim Wilde, Gloria Gaynor, Midjury, Sinead O'Connor, so this guy's 
Sinead O'Connor? Sinead. Sinead. Yeah, Sinead. Sinead. Yeah, I always say Sinead, and that's right. But every time <laughs> I say Sinead, I'm like, did I get that right? Did I get there. Um, I always think of the uh, SNL sketch where um, uh, Phil, um, oh gosh, um, he was playing. He was playing Frank Sinatra, and he was hosting a Phil Hartman. Thing. Phil Hartman is yeah. playing Frank Sinatra, and he calls her Sinbad O'Connor. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That was good. And he's like, I think Sting is on there playing Billy Idol. Sting yeah. is on there as Billy That's Idol. Right. And he goes, he goes, I think you're a bloody stupid old fart. <laughs> and and uh, Sinatra goes, I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Sorry. All that from Sinead O'Connor. Sorry. It's all good. Hey, I got an SNL reference here in a minute. So okay. we'll circle back on that. Um, additional bonus, Peter John Vitesse on keyboards. He also played, uh, key, he was the keyboardist for Jethro Tull. And did all the sequencing on keys. Um, Terry Brown produced the track. He'd already done a huge hit for Rush with Fly By Night and their 81 Exit Stage Left album, which had everything on it. Tom Sawyer, Spirit of Radio, um, that, you know, YYZ. Yeah. That was the producer on this, Terry Brown. And then lead vocals, um, some rhythm guitar and keyboards, Nick Van Eed, who we're going to chat with. So hang around for that. Absolutely. Let's talk a little more about the band itself. Um, they were nominated for a 1988 Grammy for Best New Artist, but that went to, you want to guess, 88? 88. Best New Artist? It's the year after Bruce Hornsby and the Range won Best New Artist. New Shoes. <laughs> they were around that time, yeah. Uh, they went to Jody Watley. You remember Jody Watley? Is that a country artist? No. That's Keith Watley. Keith, Wait, Whitley. Keith Whitley. Whitley. Yeah. Jody Watley. No. Yeah, Jody Watley. I remember her, Jody Watley, but... What's her slash his song? Let's, is Jody a let's girl? Let's find out. Let's find out what Jody Watley's doing. Is Jody is. a girl? Serious I always, question. I always thought so, but let's find out. Because honestly, I couldn't tell you. Yes, Jody Watley. I'll okay. tell you the hardest time I got punched in the face was by a guy named Jody. <laughs> So senior year basketball, he got, uh, how was, many times have you been punched in the face in your life? Not many, but uh, <laughs> was walking out. Of, I was walking out of class and my locker was right beside my locker was right beside his, which is right beside the classroom. And he just found out he'd failed the test and couldn't play in the game. And he went to punch his locker and oh, I no. walked right in front of it, oh, holding my books and bam, right in the face, hit me in the eye. My books went flying everywhere. Big wow. old guy. And he's like, Oh man, I'm sorry. He yeah. was like literally trying to punch his locker. And I just walked right in front of it and got clocked. Ali, that's like a Spider-Man. That's like a Peter Parker move. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's crazy. <laughs> okay. So Jody, Jody Watley's top song, actually, if you go in like just her Apple music is this is for the lover in you by Babyface. Okay. So like maybe featuring Jody, featuring Watley. Jody Watley and then her top song solo is this this is looking for a new love i think i remember her face you know this i don't i'm sorry i don't know this but it just goes to serve my point here's okay so this is don't you want me this is another her other next biggest song we get to a chorus yeah maybe same song as the last one I don't. I don't know. Sorry. I think I missed. Yeah. I think I missed Jody Watley. I'm okay. sorry to all the Jody Watley fans out there. But <laughs> this it goes to goes to my point actually. Nick uh, Van Eed actually has a Jody Watley tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 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 1980. If you're looking for a class of long term mainstream popularity, don't look at the class of '88, the best new artist class of '88, because the other nominees, other than Jody Watley were Breakfast Club, Terrence Trent Darby, 
and swing out sister. Yeah, no. So like, really, honestly, the 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 only one that cutting crew is most the one, people yeah. remember out of that is going to be cutting crew. Yeah. The others, you're going to get a lot of huh? Yeah. You know huh? what I mean? Could I couldn't name you one song by any of those other artists, dude? That's what. It's when we come up with the flux capacitor. Yeah. That's where we go. We go to eighty eight. Go to eighty, and we form a super group. Yeah. And we just yes, let's do it. That's true. I feel like I should know a song by the Breakfast Club. Do you know? Uh, I know the movie yeah. pretty well. Uh, let's see. Who should we put in the DeLorean with us out there, guys? If there was a third seat, who should jump in and go back to 88 with us? Obviously, it's Dave Barnes. Oh, duh. And Joey. <laughs> and Joey Abbott. That's and right. Sony. Joey on bass. And Sony. And Sony. Yeah. We'll make it a van. This is right on track by The Breakfast Club. This is their top song. It's not The Breakfast Club. Excuse me. It's just The Breakfast Club. No, you know this? I don't think so. I promise I was alive in '88. I was too. I was watching Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm like, no, nah, this ain't Cutting Crew. Next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't Petra or Cutting Crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, so my point is, they should have they should have won that Best New Artist Grammy because if it was about if you could see into the future, 2020 yeah. being hindsight, it should have been Cutting Crew. Um, Nick Van Eyde had been in a band called The Drivers, and he became impressed with the guitarist of a band supporting them on tour called Fast Forward. That guitarist was Kevin McMichael, with whom he would join up in 85 to form Cutting Crew. After the success of Broadcast, the album that uh, I Just Died in Your Arms was on, they didn't get to strike again while the iron was hot as far as recording because of some disputes with management and I think label having trouble getting their stuff released. And so it was that deal where... By the time their follow-ups came out, the audience had kind of partially moved on. You know what I mean? It took it took too long. And so the, they weren't quite able to replicate the success of broadcast like they wanted to. In 1993, just five years after this, you know, what, yeah, like five years later, um, the group disbanded. And founding guitarist McMichael actually passed away in 2002 from lung cancer. Uh, in 2003, Nick Van Eed formed a group called Grinning Souls, whose first album became repackaged as an album called Grinning Souls by a reformed cutting crew. You okay. following? Yeah. Uh, so they're like, you know what? Retroactively, yeah. we're just going to call that let's Grinning just, Souls by Cutting Crew. Yeah, let's just... And hey, Cutting Crew's back. Yeah. Um, and uh, Nick was the only original member of that version of, uh, of Cutting Crew. That version has continued, though, to record from 2003 up until now. That's smart um, because you can use the name power of Cutting Crew where sure. Grinning Souls doesn't really bring as much as if you know it's an album. By cut- yeah, I think yeah. that's a smart play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so they they have recorded up until the the latest release, which is 2020's Ransom Healed, Ransomed, Healed, Restored, Forgiven, which despite the title is not a Mark Farner-esque Christian. Christian, <laughs> Christian rock album uh, foray into, you know, from Cutting Crew. Um, a little bit about, but it is a cool, it has lots of cool versions of like Cutting Crew classics, but done, updated, and like symphonically, and it's it's actually, it's very good. You should, you should definitely check it out. Got a couple songs on there that I really got stuck on for a while. Much to our dismay, because when Cutting Crew plays J-Fest, we're there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's see, a little bit about the album Broadcast. Uh, It was released in October 86 in the UK and in the US, Canada, and other countries in March of 87. That version had the single mix of I Just Died in Your Arms. So the original UK release has a different mix of I Just Died in Your Arms. 
It was the first album released by Virgin Records America. Oh, not, wow. Not too shabby. That's awesome. Yeah, so Virgin was already established in the UK, um, but this was their, this was their first, uh, first release in America. It went to number 16 on the Billboard 200, and it was the number 71 album for all of 1987. It went on to achieve gold sales status in the U.S. of more than 500,000 copies. It was mixed by Tim Palmer at Utopia Studios in London. Tim Palmer also mixed Pearl Jam's 10, uh, tracks from U2's All That You Can't Leave Behind, and tons of other stuff like Switchfoot, Jason Mraz, Tears for Fears. He's done a, a, a lot of great mix work. Good job. The, okay, so this is kind of interesting to me. It's it's so funny to me how tastes uh, it vary across the pond. Like, you know, we've talked before about the weirdness of like Joe Dolce and that kind of thing. We talk about that jokingly, but this is, this is a really unique thing to me. The second single off broadcast in the U.S. was actually the third single that was released in the U.K., one for The okay. Mockingbird, um, but it didn't perform very well here. But the third U.S. single was the second Second UK single. They flipped them. I've been in love before, which had not done well in the UK, but it shot to number nine in the US Hot 100 and number two on the USAC chart. So... uh, Different palettes here in America, I guess. It's weird, right? It's... You wouldn't think... It's just weird how some stuff catches on and some stuff just doesn't. Like, you know, we talked about... I can't remember. We talked about one band that was basically like... They were a UK band that became popular here... But the deal was like they couldn't get arrested in the UK. Yeah. They're, but they're still popular here. I, I, for, and now I'm, I can't think of who it was. But that's just so weird to me that yeah. the taste would be that different, you mm-hmm. know. Because um, music is music, right? Yeah, I mean. You would think? Pretty much, but it's not. It's like, it's weird. Like once you cross a border into Canada, music tastes are different. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. strange. I don't know. Um, the first, this is kind of funny, the first seven tracks from Broadcast were included on the early 90s compilation, The Best of Cutting Crew. That's like good. It's like, this is our album, this is our best album. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's <laughs> funny. Okay, um, I think I've got, I've got just a little bit more on covers and samples, but I think first we better stump the genius. Yeah, let's got play one. it. I got one. Stump the genius, stump the genius, stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. I jumped up and take your part. I said your part. All right. Cutting crew. So uh, this is studying, studying the genius, stumping the genius <laughs> of cutting crew. So I think cuts. I think haircuts. Okay. I think five of the worst haircuts in music. Okay. So these songs have to have charted or at least been in public consciousness. Enough okay. for you to be like, of course. So I'm going to try to stump you a little bit, but I don't know. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm not going to do bands with bad haircuts. So okay. I'm not going to do like Flock of Seagulls. Okay. Like his okay. haircut's Say what you want about it. Mike, Mike score, whatever. Okay. I'm not going to do uh, Jack Scissor, Edward Scissor Hands White, because okay. he's in the white stripes at the time. So, okay. you know, so it's going to be these solo artists. artists. You're okay. going to know these solo artists, and there's going to be five of them. Okay. Um, I just five, I say we do 45 seconds. Let's put okay. 45 seconds. You got a timer? Uh, yeah, I'll do a timer. And I want to remind everybody, I'm shooting for 80%. And he's got on it so season. far for this year. He's, so he's, far. He's batting 800 right That's now. Right. He's four for five. And I've got five, so we're able to keep doing the math. All right, here we uh, go. Let's see how far he can get through, if he can get through all five in 45 seconds. Right. If you're stopped, stumped with one, pass it so that you don't get stuck you know what i mean kind of mentally give yourself nine seconds okay and then if not go because we got five that's my that's my timer here we go okay here comes number one you want to count down and go oh wait wait start okay it's the uh that's weird al yankovic that is weird al yes his hair's awesome 
Not in, not in 80. Oh, that's uh, that Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ninja Ice. Rap. Yep. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Secret of the Ooze. This is EGRI. You'll know the artist, but watch your time. Oh, I'll jump ahead Skip. for you. Okay. Oh, I jumped to an odd part. I'm going to give you a few extra seconds. Oh, man. That was whack. Bolton. That's That's Bolton. Bolton. I'm going to give you that one because I had a little click over trouble. So the two you missed, you went three for five. Okay. So the two we got stuck on, uh, Sailing by Rod Stewart. Oh, wow. So that was a charter. Dang it. So I only had one headphone in. I think if I'd had them both in, it sounded like a woman in only my right ear. Okay, so Rod Stewart, horrible haircut, but um, <laughs> and this was the the woman on this one was a number one single by it was Barbara Streisand, woman in love. Oh, okay, I'm not sure I could just pull out Barbara Streisand's voice. I don't know why it's not playing. Yeah, there it is. That's the one with her and uh, Chris Christopherson. That. Okay. No, no, sorry, Barry Gibb. It's a oh, Barry Gibb. Okay, woman in love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Have we had this conversation about Barbara Streisand that like I don't know. she's she's the hugest artist that I couldn't identify? Yeah, okay. She's absolutely a legendary huge artist, but I feel like I, I feel like Barbara Streisand has probably fifty times the audience in New York City that she does anywhere else. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, I feel like, in other words, if you played that song for 100 people in New York City who are are our age. 99 of them will get it. 99 were going, that's Streisand, uh right? If you went to Wyoming (laughs) and played it for 100 people, I'm not sure you get that same response. That's true. I'm not sure you get that same response. Anywhere. Maybe even in Nashville. Nashville, yeah, maybe not. You would have more, Uh but just because people are, you've got a lot more higher population of music dorks out here. But, like, if you just went to, like, Random places across. If you let's say you went to L.A., uh-huh. another huge city. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like New York City is carrying Barbara Streisand's career, and but good, good maybe, for her. My Barbara Streisand take is: you can go into any record store, any flea market, anywhere, and you'll find a Streisand album in yeah. the 95 cent bin, okay. right beside Barry Manilow, okay. who I love. Yeah. Like you can always find any. You if you're like, ah, oh, I'm in need for a Streisand album yeah. for a gimmick or Gotta something have it now. i could find one anywhere yeah. for under a dollar yeah so. okay that makes total sense to me i it's one of the I, i'm just completely unaware of barbara streisand as an artist i don't know any names of her albums uh-huh. i know she was in a star is born i know she was in yentl yentl you know um but that's it i've never intentionally listened to her she's I've great never... in meet the fockers the w- alongside i forgot oh yeah alongside dustin hoffman yeah oh, so i forgot good. those streisand so it's just she just doesn't register Rob with forgets me about barbara streisand i, I, I don't know i don't that's know our take from this week's episode that's right. on cutting crew that's right she <laughs> <laughs> that's right come for cutting crew stay for the take on barbara streisand uh, okay. So I'm, sixty. So sixty percent. Yeah. So if you so go five, you're in thin range. I'm at seventy percent overall for overall. the season. Yep. So that's not bad. Um, okay. I just 
All right, let's see. I have a little bit on covers and samples. Okay. okay? So this is an interesting... I'll, I'll save that one for last. Okay. So there is a cover by Amory. I guess that's right. Oh, this is by Amory, and this is called I Just Died. This is not called... No parentheses. This is I Just Died, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I like her voice. Yeah. Kind of gives me early Brandy vibes. Yeah. And Aaliyah. Dude, I like this. I do too. It's got good chords, cool rhythmic stuff. I haven't heard the sample yet or the. It's coming. It's in the chorus, it's in the hook. Complex melody. Yes. I freaking love it. Yeah, it's actually great. So it's basically they were like, okay, we're using this title of uh-huh. this song. We don't we're gonna get in trouble if yeah. we don't yeah. like right. So okay. Um and then you've got this is Relax, Take It Easy by I guess it's Micah, M-I-K-A. I don't know if it's Mika or Micah. My wife likes this artist. Oh yeah? Then do you know if it's Mika or Micah? I don't. Okay. <laughs> And obviously, you can hear the influence there straight away. They've got that. And then I think this is another one where they originally said, oh, that's accidental. I think even Nick Van Eden might have said he thinks this one was truly kind of coincidental and they just stumbled into this melody. Um, Here's the, we'll come to the chorus. So... Real close. Yeah. That's it. You could you could sort of do that subconsciously. I like I feel that too. Like, you know. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this this uh this song just lends itself to like it's a generous song. It's, yeah. You know, it's like a tree from which acorns fall and blooms other blossoms other. I don't know what the crap I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. One one more from kind of an unexpected artist, uh, at least for me, but very cool. I always love it when. Um, when rap songs influence hip hop, you mean when rock songs influence hip hop? Yeah, what did I say? When rap songs? Influence? Oh, yes. Um, this is Jay Z. Apparently, this is from like an old, old Jay Z thing, like a mixtape or something. Not loving that crash symbol, but the splash. Yeah, he does rap at one say, point. Yeah, yeah. just Kirk Franklin in it right now. <laughs> Man, I love his voice. Standing at the tabernacle, rather the church, pretending to be hurt, wouldn't work. So a smirk was all on my face, like that man's face is just like my face. Anyway. So pop, I put Very few people deserve so Beyonce, but Jay Z <laughs> deserves Beyonce. That's awesome. That's right. None of us, none of us deserve Beyonce, but Jay Z does. He <laughs> earned it.
He does. There, what a couple! I know. Right? I, could you? I, I mean, you talk about power couples of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we could take a minute and and think through. But I don't Homer know. Homer and Marge Simpson. Sure, of course, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Uh, I don't know. You talking about celebrities? Yeah, no, I, I, there's probably some power couples. I mean, the in Keith like, Urban, Nicole Kidman, yes, is a, is a biggie. Absolutely, because you cover both. Yes, at the TV, movie, and that's de- music that's a great world. one. That might be. I mean, yeah, but that's I, the first that pops in my head. And we we know there's there's big ones out there, guys. Yeah, but, uh, and I'm not, but I think I think Jay Z and Beyonce they, they bigger gotta, yeah. than financially they got to be at the top. Who y'all let us know if there's who are we who are we missing out on here? But I think I think probably biggest power couple of our lifetime is Jay Z and Beyonce. Um, and, Until uh, Elon Musk and Oprah start dating, then I guess they've got them financially. <laughs> got but, uh, it. Yeah, right. Yeah, Jeff Bezos and, <laughs> and Elon Musk. Why not? Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, we're going to take you to our interview with Cutting Crew lead singer, writer of this song, Nick Van Eed. Uh, but first, stop what you're doing. Get your phone in your hand. You probably already have it there. And just scroll on over to Instagram. Scroll on over to Facebook. Follow us on all the socials at Great Song Pod. And you can be part of our Facebook group, which is called Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. We have a lot of fun. We built some good community over there. Um, and it's just good, good, clean fun. No mean people. It's awesome. No trolls. No jerks. Um, no zip heads. What's the stuff they say in like future movies? You know, like you, you trank. Is that a thing? I don't uh, know. It might be. Um, oh, no. Tranks are what they say. It's from Back to the Future 2. They take tranks, right? It's like drugs. Like, like tranquilizers. tranquilizers. Yeah, yeah but... tranks. All right. Anyway. Bojo. You Bojo. <laughs> Those boards don't work on water. All right. Anyway. You man enough to back that up with more than just a pie plate. <laughs> That's number three, That's but a, what the heck. We well, were, not we were, If we're flinging insults, we might as well. Uh, okay. Uh, what were you we talking about? Go to the places, follow us on the things. Great songs and the great people who love them greatly on Facebook. If you want to go the extra mile and be part of making the show happen, if you want to be a Patreon producer, you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash great song pod. And when you support the show that way, we will heap generous and bountiful uh, thank yous upon you and send you bonus stuff, give you extended episodes ad-free, early release, full bonus shows that nobody else gets, um, a, a new weekly show every week during the season. Like, it's just crazy the amount of stuff that we're doing over there during the season. So um, head on over to patreon.com slash greatsongpod, and you can support the show at any level there and get all the benefits um, that we have to offer. We're going to go to Nick Venied right now, and we'll be back at the end to tuck you in. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Nick Van Eed of Cutting Crew and other projects, which we'll talk about later. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for joining us today on the Great Song Podcast. It's an honor to have you. Thank you. Uh, an absolute pleasure for me. I'm, I'm ready for this. I've been researching you two and uh, oh, yeah, looking for Oh, no. <laughs> That's yeah. always scary. Yeah. America's most wanted, you know, I found you. <laughs> right. We're on a great many uh, uh, registrations and yeah. uh, <laughs> billboards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's start with, uh, I just died in your arms, um, since that's that's what we're going to be focusing on for our episode. Um, why don't you go ahead? I, I know it's a bit of a, uh, we're a family-friendly show, <laughs> but if you can kind of give us the rundown of the story of the song and, um, you know, kind of what it's about. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously the question that I've been asked for 35 years and I will still put all my energy into it. It's almost <laughs> become mythological in some ways. And I think I've, I've added bits and pieces over the years. Um, but simply said, it was, um, you know, I've been writing songs. I had a publishing deal. You know, this was number 156 of my published songs. But it just happened like that. I was, um, I broke up with my uh, girlfriend and we got back together at a party and it ended up, you know, spending the night together. And I'm sorry, ladies, but I woke up the following morning and said, I think I've really got a great title. Um, <laughs> and that's how it worked. I wrote it down and, um, you know, it, it was a lovely night and, and uh, we stayed together for a couple of years more. I still see her actually. She's still around. Um, but, it was that was the title, and it's one of those songs, and I'm sure you've heard it a hundred times from your interviewees. That those big ones, you know, there's no stopping them; they just drop out of the sky. I remember, you know, playing the dun, 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 and I wasn't really much of a keyboard player, but it just did it. And then the um, the oh, the arrangement and everything, lyrics done in about a day. You know, so it, you know, things happen. I, there's a British pop star called Julian Cope. Uh, from uh, Teardrop Explodes, and he's very famously quoted as saying, you know, whatever you do, don't stop it, because even if it's beginning to sound like Hey Jude, don't <laughs> stop it, because it might become just a version that's even better than Hey Jude. You know, yeah. The trick is don't stop it. That's <laughs> great. Here's the, here's the awkward follow-up question. Does she know that it's about her? Does she know that it's about <laughs> She knows. Okay. Yeah, she- <laughs> All right. That's good. So uh, this was y'all's debut single. Uh, again, let me say that to the listeners. Debut single. Did you know, uh, did it feel like it would be the smash that it was when you put it? Were you like, this is the smash. This is it. Mm. Well, uh, first of all, two prongs to that. Debut single is what basically I think not killed our career because I'm still here. But we could have been five times bigger. I'm absolutely positive. If the record company, um, not America, because you you were, it was released a year later in the States, but in Britain, especially, they couldn't wait to release it. You know, it was, uh, we got to do this song. And I was like, we've got a great album here. You know, why don't you just tickle it? You know, I was 27 years old. I wasn't a little baby. I knew how the business worked, or at least, you know, I guessed. Uh, but they put it out first. And of course, then, then you know the old story about how do you follow that. Um, so that's something I've always felt very strongly about and not no bitterness at all but yeah it was um it, terry brown was producing it he's the guy that did all the rush albums he's a, an old mate of mine from canada he came over he was it was just beginning to you know click the band was um you know first album the band were looking and reading each other kevin the guitarist was on fire and apparently i sang great um and what what used to happen <laughs> what used to happen was, you know, you'd get the T-boy or the, the, the girlfriend of the engineer would pop in or something. And I remember they were always like, you know, I'll, I won't say it, but I'll do the mouthing. <laughs> um, it, it, it had that effect. Yeah. Um, so, but I didn't know. I mean, I would never be that pompous or foolish, um, but other people were saying great things. And um, the rest is ancient history. Yeah, you mentioned that it did come. It came out in November of '86 in in the UK, and then July of '87 in the United States. Was that common for such a delay for it to hit in the US? And was it already a pretty big smash over in the UK before it came over? 
Yeah, it had already proved itself. Um, uh, even Japan, I think, uh, and all across Europe, we had like 15, 16 number ones. So Branson, who run Virgin, that's who we were signed to. You know, he's um, he's made a few good decisions in his career, and um, one of those certainly changed my life forever, and that was he waited um, until he'd set up his own Virgin Records company. So we were, this was, this was a, a, a like a tiny, like the size of a shoe shop in Midtown Manhattan. That was Virgin Records oh. uh, then. Um, um, you know, he said, I think we should release um, Cutting Crew, uh, Johnny Hayes Jazz, and I think Tapao or something, you know, trust, tried and trusted records in the European market. The next time I went over there, you know, it was number one, and they were in Beverly at Bel Air. You know? <laughs> Great with Roy Orbison sitting over there, Johnny Rotten sitting over there. Hi, Janet Jackson. <laughs> I do want to talk about the the new recording of of uh, I Just Died in Your Arms and 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 other songs. They are absolutely gorgeous, um, and and the video as well is beautiful. I really appreciate the fact that uh, you guys didn't go in and sort of half-heartedly recut these tracks. I mean, they're, they are really, really sonically, uh, uh, you know, fantastic. Um, did you have that in mind going in for the, the latest versions? Um, you know, I know there's various reasons for that. I assume it has at least in part to do with sort of being able to own your own masters and have these, um, you know, these new versions, but, um, were you guys going for, Hey, let's really knock this out of the park, uh, sonically. Yeah, the, the devil is in the, the, the small print, what you said there, you know, about owning, owning master, masters. I don't own these versions. It's a, it was a proper record deal. It was a phone call, you know, okay. like the old days. Hi, Nick, it's John here. We would like to record you with the Prague Philharmonic Orchestra, you know. And I was like, what? You know, who is this? Um, <laughs> he, he, wanted to, he wanted to pay us in advance as well, which is funny, because that doesn't even happen anymore. Yeah, That's so yeah, 80s, wow. you know. I said, I don't want any money. I said, just pay me royalties sooner. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was, um, no, it was a record deal where we, um, we don't own it. The, this, the, there is a part ownership thing going on. Too boring for the listeners. But no, as soon as he said orchestra, uh, my, you know, the, the hairs on my arms stood up because I've sung with orchestras before over the years. Um, um, a lot of times in Germany with you know fabulous orchestras, but to to re-sing, you know, I've been in love before everything but my pride. I tell you guys, putting those cans on and singing with the orchestra was I'm 63 now, and that I was reduced to tears. I mean, it was um, uh, for good reasons, you know. Okay. It was it was beautiful. Whether you love or hate Cutting Crew, I don't care. This is a, this is a human story, you know. It's just that hearing uh, 80 people playing. And, uh, you know, some guy going, I said, I'm going to talk to you uh, dreams are made of this. That's, yeah. that's great. An experience that, that few get to have hearing their own music come, come back at them in that way. Uh, you know, 30 plus years, uh, down the line, it's, it's really got to be kind of overwhelming. I know I, we've seen some young artists recently like Ben Rector and Cody Fry who've done the same thing, sort of symphonic versions um, and even at even just a few years removed from those songs, you know, it really sort of overwhelmed them emotionally. So I can imagine having lived the life that these songs have already lived for you and then be, uh, being able to experience them in this new way uh, is kind of a lot to take in. Yeah. And, and you, you made the point about, you know, going full blown for it. Absolutely. The, the first meeting we had was I heard um, some of the previous albums. Wang Chung did a good 
album for them. Uh, I think uh, Flock Seagulls had. But uh, I said to them, I'll do it, but I'm, I don't want it to sound like, um, um, you know, well, it's Schlager is the German word. You know, sweet nonsense strings mm. that you'd get on a, a Saturday night um, cabaret show or something. Mm. Please, please, like, if it starts to even smell of that, I'm out of here. And you can tell, you know, there was a beautiful arrangement from a guy called Pete Whitfield. He would phone me up and he'd say, okay, Nick, Let's talk about bar 53. Now, the bassoons are sliding down, and I'm going, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm a huge, but I'm a huge fan of classical music, so I know what I like, and I do know the instruments. So he would involve me, and I'd say, can, you know, uh, Climb Aboard, which is a track on the album, can that be like Rachmaninoff in the middle with the strings? And he'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, Rachman. So I, I was in my own amateur way, very much involved. So uh, you touched on, or Rob hinted at the new video. So the original for I Just Died in Your Heart had two videos. Uh, the first mm. one is kind of that sepia black and white uh, to the color of the band playing the song and kind of a soundstage studio. I love it. Um, do you still have that fashionable long trench coat um, <laughs> that you're rocking in that one where you bike around the stage with the cam guy on the back? It's a little moth-eaten, but I still got it. Okay. Yeah, I still got it. And, and, I think we auctioned off those white boxing shoes okay. in the 90s or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so again, again um, very pertinent because you're Americans. You know, what happened was we had the hit, the American, uh, the British video was great. You know, there was a lot of fun. First thing we'd ever done, we didn't know what was going on. We just jumped off stages and chased motorbikes. And, you know, it's had 110 views or 110 million views um, on, um, on YouTube. But then we got to America and there was Jeff Ayroff, uh, hi Jeff, and Jordan Harris, two of the huge, heavy-hitting 80s record company execs. You know, Branson had brought all these people in. He pinched everybody, you know. <laughs> and they were like, he just got a beard. He was like, hmm, sounds a little bit, a little bit British for us. I think we need to do it. You know, and I was like, how much is that going to cost? You know, because it all goes on the band's bill. Right. Um, so they shot this rather sexy one with a girl in a negligee and uh, – um, we used to go, and down south, you know, down your way, we would turn up on tour and uh, there'd be a pile of letters for Nick Van Eden and open up and go, welcome to Alabama, you know, uh, what we saw in your video didn't go down very well, yeah. guys, you know. <laughs> yeah, here in the Bible Belt, yeah. I, I should, we should, <laughs> me and Rob should like the hot model one. That should be yeah. the one that we like, but I really like the uh, the black and white Sepio one, believe it or not. Yeah. The uh, I did have a follow up question too on uh, the second single was I've been in love before which you also wrote was number nine on the Billboard and number two on Adult Contemporary. It's over five minutes long, clocking in at like five oh nine, which is pretty long for a track to chart around there. Was song length uh, ever brought up on this one? Um, is that something that was a concern because that's a lot longer track than some of your others? Mm. Well, back then, you know, um, I guess you didn't. It, this is quite. Remarkable because I do a podcast um, with a classical composer, and we'd sit and play, talk about how you know pop and classic override. And we were talking just that about intros, you know. And I said, "Well, the Beatles, for heaven's sake, you know they they had all these beautiful long intros." And he went, "Can't buy me love." Or, you say yes, I say you no. Know, all these instant get on with it. We're, yeah. we're calling the podcast "Get On with It." Um, whereas Cutting Crew would have these beautiful long intros. I thought. Um, but it didn't seem to no, I think they may have cut it one eight bars or something on the intro or on the single release, but you could get away with it back then. And now we're in the world of uh, Spotify and 
um, algorithms. You know, you know about this, guys. These algorithms that find tracks that get on with it. You know, yeah. uh, so Cutting Crew. They, one of our tracks, we, I don't start singing till one minute. <laughs> well, Not finding much on Spotify there. Yeah, well, broadcast, the title track of broadcast is over six minutes. So, but I love yeah. the guitar line before it hits you in a minute. That line gets me every time. I love it. So, good stuff. Thank you. We love, we love a good long album track. Like we, you know, we're still we're good of the with generation. The build. We're yeah, okay with it. Exactly. We're, we're still of the generation that likes to put on an album and play it front to back and, you know, kind of take in the whole thing with the highs and lows. But yeah, the algorithm has really changed everything. Does that change? Your approach now, when you're writing, do you think with that in mind, or you just go, I, I have to write this the way I'm hearing it, and then deal with that later? I've never, ever pandered to anything like that, and I don't mean that because I'm some big rebel. I just write music. I mean, there's a song on the last album. Here we go again. Gosh, the handy guitar. It starts... You've had the time... To think it over, very awesome. But it's just straight in with the vocal, you know. Yeah. Now I didn't do that on purpose, and the next track that starts, I think, is a minute and a half before I sing. So <laughs> that's great. Just let the songs yeah, be what let, they are. That's good. I love that. And let the let the algorithmic chips fall where they may. That's I good. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in the in the eighties, you know, and I was into Yes and Genesis for my for my sins, um, <laughs> and you know these. Tr- triple albums of songs with, you know, just one track on one of the Yes albums, I remember, on one side of an album. And um, so that was in my blood and, uh, you know, Rush and bands like that. But then as I grew up, I into bands like The Police. I idolised The Police. They were just three-minute, beautifully crafted, get-on-with-it pop songs. I have a Police tie-in. I'm so glad you mentioned that. So the Drivers era from like the 81 to 83, I love Talk of the Night. I think it's so fun. And I played it. I was listening through it. And it gives police vibes to me. Uh, It sounds very police influenced. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Uh, That Short Cuts album is great. Uh, Is Sisters, fun rocking, semi-fun. Like the tone of this whole album. It's very police. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. (laughs) Yeah, we were a three-piece, and there's something very special about a three-piece, if you're, if you're any good. Um, <laughs> it takes a special uh, power to pull off the power trio. You have to be extremely talented. Yeah, there's no messing about. You know, there's no other person to spoil it. Not spoil it, but, you know, it gets in the way. And, and endings of songs were great. We never rehearsed endings. We would literally just be, right, you can do that with three people. It's sure. wonderful. That's more great. challenging to fade out live, though. <laughs> trying to fade out. It's a little more challenging. Uh, one other trio tie-in. You were in a super group, Mandoki Soulmates, with Jack Bruce of Cream, uh, Greg Lake uh, from Emerson Lake Palmer, King Crimson, uh, Tony Carey, Chris Thompson, another friend of the oh. podcast. We had him on uh, to talk Manfred Mann not too long ago. Um, tell us about that project, the Mandoki Soulmates. That's, um, that was amazing. It is. It, it's something that, you know, you, I drop into conversation occasionally with musicians and they're like, especially uh, brass players, you know, because we've got um, uh, Bill Evans, we've got Randy Brecker on trumpet. 
um, playing with dying in your arms, you know. I mean, oh my word. Um, so you can you can name drop forever Alan Tomiola playing guitar for me and been in love before. How does it how does it uh, make you feel that you've written these songs like, <clears throat> you know, I just died in your arms, or even something like Frigid as England that is, you know, still being covered now uh, and revered by multiple generations of fans. Did you ever see that coming? Um, it was probably 10 years, you know, after the initial hit fades away, then you get into that world of younger bands spotting it and covering it. <clears throat> I think I could easily release four CDs worth the covers. I mean, easily. Um, some of them absolutely shocking. Um, some of them all right. There's some really good dance versions of house with, with the sample. And so I, you know, I'm not averse to that. But um, I'm going to do my usual plug uh, for my the craziest version of all. And guys, please, you know, look this up. Whoever's watching this uh, podcast, this uh, session, is there a <laughs> they're called the Northern Kings, and they are a Scandinavian death metal ish type guys. All got hair down to there, and um, they must all be called Sven or something from Finland, <laughs> from Norway, from Sweden. And these guys are serious. That's my tattoo. They've got like, everything. And they did it. And it was this. It was, they changed it to 6 8. So it's. That kind of thing. It's got an orchestra, it's got a harp, it's got a key change for this guitar solo. It's immense, it's nutty, and I love it. Let's see. I have a I have a random one. Uh, I just had to know. Um, I just died in your arms was used in the 2020 Super Bowl ad that killed off Mr. Peanut. Um, <laughs> did, did you have any reservations about killing off Mr. Peanut with your song as the soundtrack? Yeah. Um, I <laughs> is this going live or is it recorded? No, no, no. no you're good. It's recorded. Yes, yeah, it's recorded. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's recorded. Yeah. You, you yeah, I'll talk. tell you the story. You can you can choose whether you keep it or not. Right. Okay. Um, a, the, the peanut, Mr. Peanut, meant nothing to an Englishman. Just absolutely nothing. Away so, with him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm very sorry for that, folks. Um, so when they got in touch, you know, the the the, the reverence to his passing <laughs> was a little less important. Um, obviously. 
obviously it certainly paid for Kentucky Fried Chicken for the rest of the month. There we <laughs> go. But the bit that was a little, this is the bit where you can edit quite many. Okay. But yeah. it very nearly didn't happen because the actual uh, piece has Wesley Snipes and somebody else on the side of a mountain and Peanut falls down and dies. And it was the same week that that huge basketball star, uh, star died. Oh, in that's a, right, Kobe. Yeah. Oh, man. That's right. Um, so uh, that, the, I remember somebody phoning up said, you know, you, you this may not even happen, but somebody said it's okay. Um, but yeah, very wow, sad. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't even make that connection. Did not that's, either. That's crazy. Makes total sense. Yeah. And JP is wearing his Lakers I'm wearing my Lakers. hoodie. Wow. R.I.P. Kobe. There yeah. we go. Okay. Uh, How about that? There you go. The, uh, okay. Well, we'll pick it up a little bit. So you did the original <laughs> demo for Shares Smash Believe. Um, on the original demo, did you already have that heavy amount of auto-tune in your head? Like as you were thinking, <laughs> um, this was I think seven years before it was released. Oh, now man. I was I was vacuuming the studio. <laughs> <laughs> we just got a great visual for everyone who's oh, only listening. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And it's um, on the radio, and I literally turned the and I said. I I remember this. Oh, it's that song. So seven years previous, Kevin and I had gone into the studio with a couple of local songwriters, just you know, young lads doing nothing at all then, and they wanted to. Uh, you know, we were the only people they knew that might be able to have some pr- production hooks, and so game. I, I didn't intend to do all this. It's great. I'm, I'm loving, loving it. Loving it. They wanted um, Mark wanted it to be a bit than in love before, so. Um, um, so the chord is in there from I've been in love before. Um, ah. I, we, the verse has nothing to do with what we wrote, that got changed. So seven years later it was released, it was like, you know, number one all over the world and I, and I looked on the co-writes and there's I think if you look now there's like nine names but not mine <laughs> oh, no oh. we got a bottle of whiskey <laughs> a bottle of whiskey I hope it was a good one <laughs> uh. <laughs> he gave us the yeah. alright <laughs> so can you well. think can you think of another song that it's the only song I can think of that's a hit with the word proxy in it <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I can think of. That's your challenge. So if you could find another one, we'll send you a prize of unspeakable value. Unspeakable. You got me, JP. You definitely got me. <laughs> uh, one other thing. On the website, you have a wit and wisdom section on the Cutting Crew website, which I love. Uh, great Steve Martin quote, a day without sunshine is like night. I think that's wonderful. So I'll tell all our listeners, go check out the wit and wisdom section of the cutting crew page comedy so much of it you know these awful two years we've all been through you know if you weren't if you didn't have that that side to yourself in the music business i'm sure if you're a car mechanic as well but especially for my gang you know we we had to invent all kinds of things to get us through it um i don't think any of us were sitting around um crying you know we can't play our instruments so but but it got tough after about a year you know those that muscle memory that i bet yeah. you've heard from other guys especially guitarists or drummers you know things that you take for granted um that doesn't apply to me i'm a singer but even so you know we've got our first live shows in two years um in 
three weeks' time. And, you know, he's, <clears throat> you know I'm, I'm ready for it, but just a little nervous. Oh, you got um, a condition for that. I mean, you're about to jump on and take on a couple hours worth of, st- or you know, right, at least yeah, an hour plus. So training. you got to be in, t- in in shape to do that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and stamina. I mean, Nikki, my wife, came in the other day into this studio here. I had all the lights down. I was wearing a big thick coat with the heating on, singing. And I said, "I'm just trying to make him feel like it's on stage." Yeah, that's good. <laughs> True. We have one question that oh, we yeah. ask everybody. We have one that we ask everybody. So you're on tour, um, either solo stuff or with Cutting Crew, and you go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine. Um, I get a Three Musketeers candy bar. Um, when I was growing up, my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want, and it's the most ounces, and they're all the same price. So I get a Three Musketeers candy bar. What is your gas station <laughs> snack food of choice? Snickers. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Well, there you go. Smart Classic. play. Smart play. We get that uh, on the regular. You're, yeah. you're, you're in good company. That's right. Uh, Nick, this has been a blast. We hope yeah. you've had a good time. Uh, we hope we didn't disappoint. Uh, we know, <laughs> you said you did some research on us, so hopefully we uh, lived up to expectations. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. I'm, and it's, what, it's 10 in the morning for you guys, isn't it? So well done. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here with my glass of um, Sauvignon at 4 in the afternoon. There you, go. there you go. I just ate some uh, eggs and bacon. We're just getting started. It's breakfast. We're, we're kicking this off. Great, great talking with you. It really was. Thank you Thanks so, so much, Nick. Have a good one. This is the Great Song Podcast. Guys, that was fun. Boom. How awesome was it hanging out with Nick? Nick Vanny. And I hinted at this earlier. I wouldn't. Have you seen the Saturday Night Live video with Will Ferrell and Horatio Sands doing this? Oh my so, gosh, yeah! I freaking love this. So me and Rob are going to take a second and watch it. Oh. If you guys want to watch it on your own, it's on Vimeo. Yeah, Vimeo. That's the only place I can find it. Can't find it on Do YouTube. You, hold on, is this you discovering Vimeo? I I don't know. It's out there. <laughs> you didn't know what Vimeo I've was before now. I've known of such, <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, guys, take a second. Watch this four-minute clip. Me and Rob are going to watch a little of it. This is great. As I was saying, honey, <laughs> I, I just died in your arms tonight. Must have been something shit. Oh, come on. <laughs> did you listen to anything I said? I mean, really, when to come in, any of that. Honey, did you actually pick that song? Because, you know, that's really not our song. No, of course I didn't. Guys, you were supposed to play the Louis Armstrong song. Wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, no way. Man. Wait a minute. <laughs> no way, man. <laughs> Listen, you told us very clearly over the phone that you wanted, I just, in parentheses, it matters, parentheses, it matters. Tonight by the cutting crew. And I will take that to the grave with me. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, great, it's great. Sketch. It's great. Me and Robert he hawed a minute ago, so it's four minutes worth of your time. So That's look right. it up. It's good. On look JP's up. just learned V I M E O. <laughs> the wedding singers, Will Ferrell and Joshua Jackson, is how it's listed on Vimeo. Um, I was thinking, I, I, I meant to mention this earlier, but like, how much influence on the hookiness of this song do you think that the way that Nick sings died has? Like. He doesn't say, in other words, if it was us, he'd say, I just died in your arms, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, we're country. But he, he adds Died. A, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that gives the hook an extra element yeah. that makes it fun to sing. Yeah, he's been, he spells it D-Y-E-D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like died. Uh-huh. It's like, I just Nick Van died. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just Nick Van died in your arms yeah. tonight. It's got an extra just little, it's awesome. little turn in there that I think makes it fun yeah. and makes it memorable to, to you know, sing along like 
I, it's just fun to sing. It's great. Just yeah. Absolutely. Just the same is, way we impersonate, everybody impersonates Darius Rucker. Everybody impersonates Nick when yeah, they do this song. Sure, yeah. And which is part of the the funny of that uh, that sketch with Will Ferrell and Horatio Sands. They just keep singing over and over and over yeah. and interrupting this wedding uh, speech. It's great. It's, it's great. Guys, episode two, season 10. Here we Blam! go. Blam! Oh, 10, we ain't stopping. No. 10.2 in the books, but 10 point many more still yet to come, including the rest of August 80s. 80s August, whatever we're calling this thing. 80s August coming your way. Two more number one hits from the 1980s coming at you in the month of August. So we'll see you. Make sure to follow us on all the things, and we'll be back next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.